37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. are back with episode 141 of Pixelated Paranormal, and yep, this time around, it's another Cryptid Encounter. Cryptid Encounters number 11, The Rake. But first, uh, there's not a whole lot of news right now going on, but I thought I'd make a fun little announcement here. Today, we're recording this on April 9th, and it is the anniversary of the Mercury 7. That's right, on April 9th, 1959, the names of all seven astronauts included in the Mercury Space Program were announced. Scott Carpenter, Gordon Cooper, John Glenn, Gus Grisham, Wally Shearer, Alan Shepard, and Deke Slayton. And these were all members of the Mercury 7 who eventually flew in space. They piloted the six spacecrafts of the Mercury program that had astronauts on board from May of 1961 through May of 1963. And then Glenn went on to become the first American in orbit in 1962 and flew on the space shuttle Discovery in 1998. So yeah, there you go. Happy anniversary, Mercury 7. Whoop. Whoop. Mm-hmm. So after that, anybody got any other news or should we just jump in? Jump in. Nothing going nothing going on. Cool. All right. Here we go. Lurking in the shadows of the northeastern territory of the United States of America, it's Mother Nature's true abomination. Its hairless, pale, gaunt skin is stretched almost too tightly across its elongated, gangly frame, and it looks like a skeleton that's been made out of spare parts. Although said to be bipedal, it skulks around in the shadows, crawling on all fours, scavenging like a starving hyena. Its victims who have been lucky enough to survive are left paralyzed with fear. After staring into its oily, black, emotionless eyes, which are recessed deep into its rotting sockets. If you're one of the few fortunate enough to be left alive from its gaping foul mouth, full of dull, jagged, broken teeth, the creature will leave you with one solitary warning. I am the Rake. So stories of this monster date back to the 15th century. The earliest written record comes from an English seafarer commonly referred to simply as the Mariner. The Englishmen landed in the New World in 19, I'm sorry, in 1691, the same year the province of Massachusetts Bay was chartered by William III and Mary II of Britain. There's only one account mentioning the rake written by the Mariner himself, where he goes on to say, He came to me in my sleep. From the foot of the bed, I felt a sensation. He took Everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here again at the request of the rake. Now you fast forward to the 1960s. The world was going through immense cultural changes, as well as the technology. Thanks, aliens. Televisions were becoming more and more common in people's homes. Music was quickly evolving, and the Vietnam War was well underway. John F. Kennedy was assassinated, 
and Elvis Presley had just gotten back from his two-year stint in the U.S. Army. The Kinks had just dropped their hit, You Really Got Me, while the Rolling Stones couldn't get no satisfaction. Everything was rapidly changing and evolving, and something truly terrifying was still stalking the streets of downtown New York. Something with hands that were six inches wide, twice that of a normal human's hands, with long, razor-sharp fingers that knew nothing except how to tear apart and shred anything or anyone it managed to get a hold of. One person who crossed paths with the rake in 1964 said that the encounter was too much to live with and took his own life, leaving behind this note. As I prepare to take my life, I feel it is necessary to get rid of any guilt or pain I have introduced through this act. It is not the fault of anyone other than him, for once I awoke and felt his presence, and once I awoke and saw his form, once again I awoke and heard his voice and looked into his eyes. I cannot sleep without fear or what I might next awake to experience. I cannot ever wake. Goodbye. P.S. To my dearest Lenny, I have prayed for you. You spoke your name. The common theme throughout many accounts is the overwhelming terror that wraps around these people and the fact that all of these accounts, and most of them in general, happen while the victims are sleeping in their bed. Due to this fiendish creature's skittish disposition, it tends to be active only at night. And what's also interesting about this particular creature is that it's said to not only haunt you in your waking hours, but to also haunt you in your dreams as well. Many victims of the rake have reported countless nights full of reoccurring dreams, featuring a strange, bony, canine-like creature, hunched over, looking and sniffing at the ground. Slowly it makes its way towards the dreamer, and then when the creature finally lifts its head, they are met with a man's face, but the eyes are inky black and sunken into its skull, like it hasn't slept in centuries. And then, right before the person wakes up, the creature will whisper the name of a loved one. This dream will occur over and over, leading up to the terrifying face-to-face -face contact with the creature. While just about everyone who encounters it finds its presence revolting, terrifying, and frightening, one needs to remember that the rake does not usually seek out people. It simply just appears, without any real reason. You can't simply summon the creature through a ritual like Bloody Mary or the Slenderman. This wraith-like creature just simply appears seemingly out of nowhere, only when it sees fit. Many people report having been woken from a dead sleep with the feeling of being watched, only to catch what looks like a pale, emaciated naked man hunched standing in the corner of their room. Some people pass out from the sheer fear of such a fright. But those who manage to stay awake, to stay conscious during these visitations, have said that as soon as the rake notices that it's being watched, he'll drop to the floor like a limp pile of bones, and then suddenly scurry away out their bedroom door like a spider or a dog. Gross. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds pretty disgusting. Now let's fast forward into 2003, where there was a great surge in the number of sightings of this creature. 
People were seeing hairless dogs with human heads and black eyes skulking in the shadows, running around their neighborhoods. These sightings were only happening at night, mostly across rural upstate New York, but also other parts of the Northeast as well, including one possible sighting in Idaho. And many of these sightings were reported in the local media, coupled with odd reports of animal mutilations and one specifically odd M.O. of this nocturnal creature. Many people reported that they were being awoken late at night by a bizarre, lanky albino figure sitting on the foot of their bed. But oddly enough, the creature was not looking at the person, but instead just staring off into space. Almost like it was completely unconcerned about the people or persons in the bed which it was sitting on. Now, as if this wasn't enough to inspire nightmares for years to come, presto, you dug even deeper into the myth of the rake, and you found a whole new level of terror, which is just exactly what the creature actually does to those unfortunate enough to be left alone. Yep. So, most notoriously, the rake simply subdues its victims and tears them apart bit by bit with its long, knife-like fingers, stripping their skin from their bodies and then devours them in a disgusting, bloody mess. Like, fuck. But... <laughs> like a Freddy Krueger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is a potential that its victims could instead, instead suffer a fate worse than being disemboweled. So, this could be internet bullshit or the case of a real-life Facehugger, a.k.a. the little aliens. <laughs> now, you and I, if we want to reproduce, we bang some out. But <laughs> the rake... Spoilers. Opening the host's mouth releases protozerus ingested by French kissing. So imagine this guy, you know, jumping on top of you in the middle of the night while you're paralyzed. He forces your mouth open and then sucks that tongue down in there and releases this long black-like worm thing. Oh, God. And, uh, uh -huh. yeah, it, you know, moves its way down your esophagus, forcing its way down in there, spreading itself across your body. And then once it's in there, good and tight, the rake releases its grip from the host and uh, the gest gestation period, probably lengthy and horrible, begins. <laughs> now, let's talk about this gestation period. Following steps happen. A. It feeds by the host until matured. Once fully developed, it releases itself from the host and then feeds on the host until it is matured fully into a rake. The nothingness releases itself from the host's body. With the propagation of the species, it is eternally dependent on living human beings. The rake matures must nourish itself like Nosferatu, a living vampire-like creature who needs the substance of meat and blood. Not only human, but small animals as well. That's just fucking yeah, weird. Yeah. Creepy. It sounds a lot like the the vampire hybrids off of Blade 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have that jaw that split apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, rapey. It, it is. Maybe that should be the, the name change. <laughs> the rape. Yeah, that's true. Now, the next story, perhaps, is the most notorious encounter with the rake, and it comes from a woman claiming that she was visited one night after returning from a hiking trip 
at Niagara Falls. Three years ago, I had just returned from a trip from Niagara Falls with my family on the 4th of July. We were all very exhausted after a long day of driving. So my husband and I put the kids right to bed and called it a night. At about 4 a.m., I woke up thinking my husband had gotten up to use the restroom. I used the moment to steal back the sheets, only to wake him in the process. I apologized and told him I thought he got out of bed. When he turned to face me, he gasped and pulled his feet from the end of the bed so quickly, his knee almost knocked me out of the bed. He then grabbed me and said nothing. After adjusting to the dark for a half a second, I was able to see what caused the strange reaction. At the foot of the bed, sitting and facing away from us, there was what appeared to be a naked man or a large hairless dog of some sort. Its body position was disturbing and natural, as if it had hit by, been hit by a car or something. For some reason, I was not instantly frightened by it, but more concerned to its condition. At this point, I was somewhat under the assumption we were supposed to help him. My husband was peering over his arm and knee, tucked into the fetal position, occasionally glancing at me before returning to the creature. Can you imagine just waking up and seeing some fucking just anorexic albino, just husk golem looking dude? Yes, yeah. yeah. sitting on your fucking bed. And as you're reading that, Steve, instead of peering, I thought you were going to read he was peeing himself because he was so scared. But <laughs> <you did. laughs> that would be funny. Right. Well, from here, things just got worse for the couple. In a flurry of motion, the creature scrambled the around the side of the bed and then crawled quickly into a flailing sort of motion right along the bed until it was less than a foot from my husband's face. The creature was completely silent for about 30 seconds, or probably closer to five, it just seemed like a while, just looking at my husband. The creature then placed its hand on his knee and ran to the hallway. Leading to the kids' room, I screamed and ran for the light switch, planning to stop him before he hurt my children. When I got to the hallway, the light from the bedroom was enough to see it crouching and hunched about 20 feet away. He turned around and looked directly at me, covered in blood. I flipped the switch on the wall and saw my daughter, Clara. The creature ran down the stairs while my husband and I rushed to help my our daughter. She was badly injured and spoke only once more in her short life. She said, he is the rake. And then she goes on with what happened next, saying... Her husband rushed their daughter to the hospital, and on the way there, he crashed their car into a lake, and then they both died. She says the police and local community were there and very sympathetic at first, but ultimately unhelpful. It was viewed as a simple tragedy, a father and daughter dying on the way to a hospital. Nobody took the claims of a mysterious figure or the last words of the girl very seriously. They were recorded as just the hysterics of a new widow grieving over the death of her husband and daughter. Now, there is an epilogue to that story I found later on. Several months after, my son Justin and I stayed in a hotel near my parents' house. After we decided to return home, I began to look for answers myself. I eventually located a man in the next town over who had a similar story. We got in contact and began talking about our experiences. He knew two other people in New York who had seen the creature we now refer to as the rake. It took the four of us about two solid years of hunting on the internet and writing letters to come up with a small collection of what we believe to be real accounts of the rake. None of them give any details or history or follow-up, but one journal had an entry involving a creature in its first three pages 
but never mentioned it again. The ship's log also explained nothing of the encounter, saying only that they were told to leave by the rake. And Steve, that is the actual uh, log that you read earlier from the Mariner. There were, however, many instances where the creature's visit was one of a series of visits with the same person. Multiple people also mentioned being spoken to, my daughter included. This led us to wonder if the rake had visited any of us before my last encounter. I set up a digital recorder next to my bed and left it running all night, every night, for two weeks. Then I would tediously scan through the sounds of me rolling around in my bed each day when I woke. By the end of the second week, I was quite used to the occasional sound of sleep while blurring through the recording at eight times normal speed. On the first day of the third week, I thought I heard something different. What I found was a shrill voice. It was the rake. I can't listen to it long enough to even begin to describe it. I haven't let anyone else listen to it yet, and all I know is that I've heard it before, and now I believe that it has spoken when it was sitting in front of my husband. I don't remember hearing anything at the time, but for some reason, the voice on the recorder immediately brings me back to that moment. The thoughts that must have gone through my daughter's head make me very upset. I have not seen the rake since it ruined my life, but I know that it has been in my room while I've slept. I know and fear that one night I will wake up to see him staring back at me. And while doing research for this episode, I actually found another story of a similar creature called the Beast of Berwick. Here's a story of somebody researching that creature. Looking at pictures on Google, searching for keywords, the rake, I look for both a drawn picture of a pale humanoid figure and a picture of a news report with the word Berwick on the bottom of it. One morning I woke up early for school. We live in a city over away from my bus stop because I like schools in the other city. Anyways, it was dark, and as we were driving on the highway, on Highway 90, and we are baffled by the sight of seven police state troopers and four military trucks filled with Marines who are currently climbing out of trucks that were filing into the woods. There is also a big portable spotlight shining in the woods as well, as if they were trying to find something. Each Marine was equipped with what appeared to be an assault rifle of some sort, and they were all in a rush. The police stopped us and asked us what our business was in the area, and told us to leave. We did as we were told, and a few days later, it was called the Monster of Berwick, and it appeared in the news. There was apparently a new blackout the day it was discovered. All the power in the city was lost. Nobody knows the whereabouts of the rake, and I'm sure I don't want to know either. Some people even believe the rake and Slenderman, or Der Groberman, are somehow related. So that's a little bit more of the mythos that I didn't include in the original document here. Cool. Now, I did also find in the Paranormal Encounters on Reddit this story. Strange Creature on House Roof from Crystal Flower 456. This occurred when I was about year nine, two years ago, so a freshman in high school. It was mid-December, and so even though it was only about 5.30 p.m., it was really dark out. I have anxiety, which also means I'm mildly paranoid when walking anywhere alone, dark or not. 
I was continuously looking around at my surroundings as the worst possible scenarios kept flashing through my mind. Killer clowns, mad axe murderers, etc. That's when I saw it. Across the street from me, I saw it. Perched atop the roof of a house was a creature so big that I was shocked that the house could actually hold its weight. It was a pale, sandy beige color and so skinny I could even see every bone. Its arms and legs were bent in ways they shouldn't and were unnaturally long. I could feel it watching me, although it had no discernible facial features. Frozen with petrified fear, I looked both ways up and down the street and saw no one else. When I looked back at the house rooftop, it was gone. I took no chance and sprinted the rest of the way home down my street. And that was actually posted just uh, yesterday on Reddit, so. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And if you thought the city streets were the only place that you'd have to look over your shoulder in fear, well, you're wrong. The rake also has been spotted in the northeastern forests of the U.S. as well, hiding out in the shrubbery of the woods, stalking its prey as it lets out bizarre whining and chirp noises akin to the sounds that a scared or perplexed dog might make, all while it hunts its disoriented prey. And there's actually been reports of this creature all the way north into Canada. So finally, it seems we aren't much closer to understanding this thing. If you're in the American Northeast, take caution, especially when you're sleeping. You might yourself be an unlucky victim of the rake. Now there's actually, Preston, you brought this up, uh, actual footage supposedly from Canada where people had uh, driven by and, I don't know, caught viral video of what they say to be a creature stalking a moose out in the Canadian forest. Yeah, it looked like it was about to eat that fucking moose like Sarah Palin. (laughs) (laughs) Did Sarah Palin eat a moose? Yeah, she makes like this famous moose chili, you know? Huh, I didn't know. Well, the video had been viewed more than 30,000 times at the time of the article that I'm reading being posted, and this is from back on August 3rd, 2018, from Fox News. It was filmed by an Audrey Tangue Freschetti, who was unable to explain the footage, likely due to the fact of the monster not being real, is what this article says. But it shows a moose on the side of the street, and then a film, uh, probably from a cell phone, because it's kind of shaky, but you can see some kind of weird hunched-over creature with long spindly arms kind of edging its way out of the forest and then kind of edging its way back in, back and forth, back and forth, like it's timid or like it's a little nervous to come out, you know, and actually reveal itself and attack this moose. Yeah, it's definitely creepy looking. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now, Preston, what were you saying earlier about some Native American stuff or some drinking? Yeah. The uh, so the one article that I read was talking about how like you know creepy pasta stories came out and then somebody had wrote a story about the rake and so most people attribute it to just modern day folklore like it's all bullshit but if you go back and you dig deep enough you start to see that there's a very similar creature in Native American folklore up in the like Alaskan and then like Canada region 
And because like alcoholism is higher um, in Alaska than some of the other states, they actually attribute the sightings of the rake due to like depression and alcoholism because it makes you a more susceptible victim. Huh. Well, and it also sounds a lot like the Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's feeding off of you and, you know, stripping you away of your soul. Yeah. And there's lots of other stories, too, that I just chose not to include because they all pretty much lead up to the same thing. People having terrible nightmares and then waking up to the bizarre sensation of something sitting on the foot of their bed. And when they look up, they think they're seeing some kind of emaciated old man. But then he turns around and has, you know, the sunken eyes and the the big nasty mouthful of jagged teeth. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. part of that whole story that messed with me was the idea that people were seeing the what they thought were hairless dogs kind of running through the streets of New York, but they had the the heads of a man. Ooh. Which reminds me a lot of the creatures that were featured on that old movie, not old, but uh, older horror movie called The Unborn. Never seen it. Yeah, it does look a little bit similar kind to that. Kind of, huh? It was a good one, man. For a PG-13 horror movie, it was pretty solid. Yeah, too bad. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's kind of a shorter episode this week around, partly due to the fact that we're trying to get back on a new uh, recording schedule. So we had to record two episodes this week. So we actually recorded this just the two days after we recorded the White River Monster episode. So, mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully that puts us on a better recording schedule and we can actually do some deeper dives and get some more research done in between recordings and kind of get back to the good old-fashioned pixelated paranormal. And the other problem we're having right now, too, is allergies are running rampant amongst all this other pandemic crap. So I'll go ahead and sign off for Steve-O. Check us out on Instagram, PXLParanormal. That's where we post all the visual companions, all the news, and all the updates for the show. Check out our Facebook page, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Find us on Twitter, although we don't do a whole lot on there currently. Maybe we'll get back to that, but uh, not a lot of action on Twitter these days for us. And then check out our other show, 13 Nightmares, where we review different horror movies and we switch back and forth between real deep dives into classic, you know, cult favorites, as well as our B-Real episodes where we just kind of choose one loose topic and just riff on those like remakes of horror movies, among other different things. It's a good time. Yeah, very good. And then also check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Mark's solo show, Pixelated Radio. I'm sorry, Pixelated Sausage. Check out his Attack the Backlog video game series on YouTube where he reviews all of his favorite games he's never played. And then Presto, what do you got for us? And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the most luscious beard that will stop the rake in its tracks, check out (laughs) BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. And use that code to get you some scents like Dundee, Cedar, Bay Rum, Citrus, Classic, Mint, Fresh. You can't go wrong with Dobbs, so get it all. Boom. There you go. And while you're on his webs... What? I said, all right. (laughs) And while you're on BigDobsBeardBomb.com... I think I just said Big Dons. And while you're on BigDobsBeardBomb.com, check out some beard soap while you're at it. Because right now, there's no better time to wash that man made on your muff. Yeah. There you go. 
They recommend you shave it, but we ain't doing that here. No. If you wash it, I think you're doing just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. You know. God, if you shaved your beard, you might look like the rake. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) If I shave my beard, I look like a chubby rake. (laughs) A a well-fed rake. (laughs) Why is that chubby guy sitting on the bottom of our bed? (laughs) He's been a raking again. (laughs) And also check out our friends over at gunslingersoap.com. Check out CD Trade Post on Pawnee and Seneca. Right now, I think they're doing online orders only, I believe, because of everything going on. Maybe some curbside pickup, too. You know, check out their website. Check out their Facebook for updates. And also, check out our friends over at Fast Print at Harry and Rock. Okay. All right. Anything else, guys? Just stay no, safe and do. take care of yourselves. Yeah. Especially with uh, mental health stuff. It's kind of tough right now, so... Yeah, do something good for yourself. Read a book. You still go on a walk. You know, you can still go outside and enjoy nature. Yeah. Just don't go too close to the forest, maybe. If you fucking stay inside too long, you're going to end up looking like this rake, dude. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. And cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. Stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.